0: You're listening to the Sheepspot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, Sheepspotters. Welcome to Episode 37 of the Sheepspot Podcast. I'm Sasha from SheepSpot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make those wools into beautiful yarns. Today we're going to talk about how to get the most out of an in-person spinning class. First though, before we get to that, I want to tell you something um, about something that I'm really excited about, and that is... The Livestock Conservancy's Shave Them to Save Them Challenge. Um, so the Livestock Conservancy is a U.S. organization and their mission is to protect endangered livestock and poultry breeds from extinction. And they do that by discovering and studying lost breeds, securing breeds by documenting con- their conservation status, um, building a critical mass of animals and breeders, and helping breeders find, organize, and communicate with each other. They also sustain breeds by learning what they do best on the farm and in the marketplace, and by recruiting and training the next generation of breed stewards. So we are all we we just are all about the love for the livestock conservancy here at Sheep Spot. And this year they are actually next year, so it's 2019, they're launching a special initiative for rare and endangered sheep breeds. It's launching in January, and it is called the Shave Them to Save Them Challenge, which I think is um, pretty clever. And the challenge will reward fiber artists for working with wool from breeds on the Conservancy's conservation priority list of endangered sheep breeds. And when you register for the challenge, you'll get a passport that will include a page of information for each breed and space to put a little stamp after you purchase wool from that breed. There will be a Facebook group and a Ravelry group where members can share pictures of their projects. And as they work, um, as they, they, you, (laughs) we, as we work our way through the breeds, we will receive prizes for completing projects and reaching various landmarks. What's not to love, folks, about this? So you can sign up for this challenge on um, the Livestock Conservancy website. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode. Um, And that will put you on the mailing list so that when the challenge is really gearing up in um, December and getting started in January, you will get all the information that you need. So please go sign up to get more information. And again, you can find the show notes for this episode at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 37. So... <clears throat> sorry, now onto the topic at hand, how to get the most out of an in-person spinning class. And in this episode, I want to share some tips and tricks as someone who has both taken a lot of spinning classes and also taught spinning classes. And I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love um, from both of those perspectives and share some of my personal pet peeves about things that I have seen people do in spinning classes and I really hesitate about this um because I am not well of course I love to tell people what to do but I guess I'm not that fond of telling people what not to do but I've been a university teacher for 30 years and a spinning teacher for the past, say, three, two or three. And I do have pretty strong opinions about um, how people should behave in a class. Um, I certainly have, you know, really high standards for my university s- students. Um, and those aren't really about policing people's behavior so much as they are about creating and maintaining an atmosphere in the classroom that is going to actually support everyone in the room um, as they learn new things and um, try new things. So, the tough love is mostly going to have to do with this fundamental thing about an in-person class, and that is that it's a group experience, right? So, I'm going to talk about How to have fun and learn a lot while also supporting everyone else in the room, including the teacher, in also having fun and learning a lot. So this uh, is going to be broken down into things to do a couple weeks before the class, things to do the night before the class, sorry, and then things to do the day of the class, Um, 10 do's and don'ts for class day. So, and the reason that I'm suggesting that you start thinking about an in-person spinning class a couple weeks in advance is that um, I really want you to do a little bit of preparation. So, um, the first thing that you should do, and this you should do before you even sign up for the class, and that is read the description and believe that the description is real and true. Um, so believe that the teacher is actually going to teach what she says she will in the description and have a little sit down with yourself and assess whether you actually want to learn that thing before you sign up. So, um, pet peeve, um, last year at, at my studio, I taught a class on, uh, drafting methods and all of the, um, you know, all the write-ups for this class on the website, in my newsletter, they were all emphasizing having a variety of drafting methods at your disposal. And of course, I prepared for the class and I prepared to teach all the drafting methods that I could think of along with a discussion of woolen and worsted yarns and how they differ and why you might want one over the other. Uh, and then the rest of the class was sort of given over to helping people execute these various drafting methods. Um, you know, this is a class that millions of people teach in different ways. And, um, I think it's really important to have a variety of drafting methods at your disposal. So, um, I had someone in the class who was very frustrated, clearly very frustrated. Um, and, she kept and she kept saying, "All I want to do is spin a three ply sock yarn," and, um, yeah, that wasn't this. That wasn't a class in spinning a three ply sock yarn, and it wasn't a class in just spinning one kind of yarn. It was a class in why it's a good thing to be able to spin lots of yarns, um, and all of that was in the description. And I think that this my student could have avoided some of her frustration in the class if she had just read the description and believed that that was actually really an outline of what we were going to do in the class. So, read the description and believe it. That's the first thing. And really have a think about whether the class is for you. If you've got questions about the class, I know I am always very happy to answer questions about classes, spinning classes I'm going to teach or any classes I'm going to teach, for that matter. Um, And in particular, if you have questions about whether your spinning is at the right level for the class, that I think is a really good thing to ask the teacher about. Because if you're in a class that is sort of assumes a bunch of skills that you don't have yet, that's going to be frustrating and maybe not that useful for you. On the other hand, if it's a really basic foundations class and you are a really advanced spinner, that also might be really frustrating to you. So don't hesitate to get in touch with the person teaching the class and ask, you know, is this, um, give a little description of where you are in your spinning and just ask whether this class would be a good fit for you. Most teachers include something about sort of what the level of the class is in the description. Um, And, you know, if that doesn't make sense to you, ask, 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 ask. Okay, second thing, and this is why I want you to think about taking your, the fact that you're going to, you have this class coming up, I want you to think about it a little bit in advance, like not the day before, um, because... I want you to make sure that you have time to be absolutely certain that your wheel is in good working order. So, I talk about how to do this in episode 13. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Episode 13 is all about wheel maintenance. If there are issues with your wheel, it's really a good idea to deal with them before the class. Don't assume that the teacher is going to have the time, or the inclination, or the the skills, or the tools, or the materials to help you sort out your wheel while she's also trying to teach the rest of the people in the room. So, be sure your wheel is clean, that you've tightened up all the connections, that you've oiled whatever needs to be oiled, and put. On fresh drive bands and fresh brake bands before you leave home. Um, and be sure, once you've done all those things, to spin on your wheel a bit to make sure that it's functioning optimally. Um, so, and then also, if you have a travel wheel and you're going to be folding it up to take it to the class, make sure that you are really comfortable with folding it up for travel and then setting it up again. Okay, number three, th- another thing to do before the class. So do the homework. Sometimes teachers will ask you to do some spinning before the class to get ready to learn about whatever the class topic is. And a good example of this would be um, asking you to bring a couple of bobbins of singles for a fl- applying class so that you're not, you know, having to spin the singles and then apply them. Um, You can just get right to the thing that you're there to do. So make sure that you check out the description. And if it includes homework, do the homework. Give yourself enough time to do the homework so you are doing it and feeling happy in your spinning, which we are always in favor of. Um, But do do it because, yeah, because otherwise you're going to be spinning your singles while everybody else is playing and you're going to miss a bunch of the instruction And the demos might not make that much sense to you, et cetera, et cetera. You see where I'm going with this. Okay, so you have read the class description. You've checked out whether the class is right for you and you're right for the class. Your wheel is in great shape and you have done your homework if there is any. The night before the class, I would advise packing up don't do it in the morning because you'll forget things. Um, and here are the things that I like to bring to an in-person spinning class. So my wheel, assuming that it's not a spindling class, um, you, my wheel, at least three clean bobbins, an orifice hook, an extra drive band and brake band. And I am keep harping on this because... Um, just because I keep harping on it, because I really believe that people should change their brake bands and their um, drive bands more often than they do. Uh, a screwdriver that's the right size for the screws holding your wheel together. Some oil. I like to bring a nitty-naughty. I have this adorable tiny little nitty-naughty um, that I use for sampling, and I always bring that to class with me. A lazy Kate a small notebook and a pen. And um, I also like to bring stuff that will allow me to label any sample skeins that I make during the class. So I bring either manila shipping tags or Tyvek wristbands. Sometimes I bring both. Um, again, you'll need a pen for labeling skeins. And I um, try to remember to bring a Sharpie for that. I also like to have just in my little kit bag for spinning classes some fiber that I don't really care that much about and we'll get into why I think that's a good idea a little later. Also there may be specific tools or materials that the teacher has asked you to bring in the course description and if that, if that is the case please bring them. And don't forget your homework if there was any. And once you're all packed up, just try to get a good night's sleep so you will be, you know, all fresh and happy and ready to learn things. Okay, so now we're getting into the nitty gritty and the tough love part. And so this last section is called 10 Do's and Don'ts for Class Day. So number one, do get there early to set up. Leave yourself time to unpack your wheel, organize your stuff, and generally get settled. Um, And while you're doing that, try to be a little bit mindful of space um, because, uh, yeah, because spinning wheels and you and your chair and your bag in your kit bag and all all that stuff is going to take up a lot of room. So just, you know, try to com- compress where you can. I mean, of course, you should have enough room around you that you feel comfortable, but just be mindful of others. Um, the second thing that I really strongly suggest that you do, and I, I always ask people to do this when I'm teaching, is to Do a little warming up when you get there. So once you're all set up, um, use the fiber that you've brought with you that you don't care that much about, and just spin a little to make sure that your hands are engaged and your spinning brain is engaged, and just generally sort of get yourself into the groove. Okay, number three, do put away your phone. Please put away your phone. Please, please, please put away your phone. Give yourself and the teacher the gift of your undivided attention. Whatever is going on with your phone can wait until the break. I promise you. Now, if you've got kids and you absolutely have to be uh, available by, by phone, you know, leave the ringer on if you must, but please leave the room before taking a call. And please don't just be in the class on your phone as a teacher this drives me insane as a person it drives me insane um i just i just think it's rude and um yeah so there you have it um yeah be mindful about how you're using your technology also do be mindful about chatting during the class. Now, most spinning classes are set up in such a way that, um, you know, there's instruction and maybe a demo, and then you are practicing whatever skill is, has been taught. And of course, chat away to your neighbor when you're in the practicing the skill part, if that doesn't interfere with your spinning. Um, but Don't talk while the teacher is talking. Don't talk while other people are asking questions, because you might have the same question and want to hear the answer. And other people in the room might want to hear that question um, and the answer. Um, So it just, you know, it makes it harder for others in the class to learn what they've come to learn. That's why I'm really a stickler about this. So just, you know, be paying attention. And during demos and during instruction and during question period, just be a little quiet, okay? Um, number five, don't monopolize the teacher's attention. This is one of those things where it's a group experience and everybody in the room should um have kind of equal access to get their questions answered and their problems solved. So, again, just be mindful of how much of the teacher's time you're taking up. And that really goes to, I think it's really closely related to making sure that you're kind of at the right level for the class. Um, Because if you're really a beginner, you could easily... In a more advanced class, you could easily um, need a lot of help. and um, its it can be really challenging as a teacher to be in that situation. I'm just here to tell you. Um, number six, don't. Now, we're really into the pet peeves here. Please don't compete with the teacher to teach the class. This is something I, I see it all the time. And drives me nuts. Not about people competing with me to teach my classes because, um, I've never really had a problem with it. But, um, when I'm in a class being taught by someone I, you know, usually really respect and admire and I've read their work or watched their videos or whatever, I'm there to find out what she has to say and not what the person next to me has to say. Um, I really think that this comes down to one of the best things about spinners, which is that spinners are really curious. And we want to learn all the things and we want to share all the things that we have learned. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's at all malicious or competitive or anything like that. I think it's just people wanting to share what they know. Um, but just, again, like be paying attention to the group dynamics in the room and make sure that you're not sort of competing with the teacher. Number seven, uh, this comes to us from Deb Robson, who says, do keep an open mind and be prepared to experiment. And um, I think one of the things to bear in mind – when you're taking an in-person class is that, and this is something I really believe, that anything that you, any skill that you develop in your spinning is going to improve all the other skills in your spinning. So my favorite example of this is learning to spin um, textured yarns or art yarns. You might have absolutely no in- interest in spinning textured yarns or art yarns. But taking a class in those techniques, I think, will make you a better all-around spinner and will improve all your yarns, whether they're textured or not. And I think that that's because, you know, the more skillful our hands are and the more things they can do, the more things they can do. So. Even if you're in a situation where you're being asked to maybe work with materials that you don't love or colors that you don't love um, or try techniques that you don't really think you're ever going to use, just you know dive in and do your best. And whatever happens, regardless of whether or not that particular thing is going to be useful to you in your future spinning life. I think the experience will be useful to you, uh, whatever whatever kinds of yarns you love to spin the most. Number eight, and this comes to us from Jillian Moreno. Don't feel self conscious about how or what you spin, and that oh, I love this one. Because it can really be, especially if you're newer, it can be easy to get into a class with a lot of more experienced spinners and really feel um, intimidated or, you know, a little self-conscious about the way that you spin or the kinds of yarn you like or whatever, and just let it go. Because everybody is, nobody's really paying attention. Everybody's into doing their own thing. And there's really no reason to feel self-conscious. And and I always really am pretty explicit about making my – I always say in the beginning of my classes that um, my classes are a spinning police-free zone <laughs> um, because I think there can get to be some um, – and it, I, in my experience, it usually happens in those conversations that are going on while people are like – Practicing whatever the skill is, Um, those kind of side conversations where people can get a little snarky about other people's stuff and just ignore it. (laughs) Just ignore it. Do your thing, do what you're there to do, and, um, you know, just block it out. Also, this also comes from Jillian. The last two come from Jillian, and they are both do's. So do ask a million questions. OMG, yes, please, please, please ask questions. The number of times I have taught something or demoed something and said, okay, does anybody have any questions? And I am greeted with this blank stare. <laughs> and it's just I know that people have questions, but they're just feeling shy about asking them don't feel shy about asking your questions this goes this is related to the previous thing don't feel self-conscious about how you spin don't feel shy about asking questions ask 1 million and Jillian actually spelled she 1000000 um, in her text to me all right last but not least do from Jillian relax and remember that this is play and not work so I want everybody who comes to my classes to leave feeling great to leave feeling like they've learned a thing a new thing that they've got um, you know some exciting th- new things to try and they're spinning life and uh, another thing that I always tell my students when we start is that um the two rules are no spinning police and no bad self-talk, because uh, you'd be amazed at the kinds of things that people say to themselves about themselves um, in that kind of learning situation, and it's just not helpful. Have a little compassion for yourself. Remember that you are allowed to not know things. You're allowed to be learning. You're allowed to not know everything yet. Really, I promise you. Um, and just try to relax and remember that it's supposed to be fun. Okay, so um, that seems like a good note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for indulging me in my little mini rants about things that I consider bad behavior in spinning classes. I will be back next week with an episode on knitting with your handspun, and that episode is going to come with a really fabulous downloadable freebie. Uh, so be sure to turn in tune in next week because you're going to want it. Uh, speaking of freebies, did you know that subscribers to the Sheep Spot newsletter get exclusive access to podcast transcripts? as well as the occasional coupon code to the Sheepspot store delivered right to their inbox. Uh, if you would like access to transcripts, coupon codes, and my weekly or every other week musings about spinning and life, um, please head over to sheepspot.com and sign up. There is a form right on the homepage. And also, don't forget to check in with a picture of your spinning for the week on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, use the hashtag SheepSpotPodcastSpinningCheckin. uh, And go spin something. And have a good week, my darlings.